0: yorkshirepost.co.uk Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we will be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Yorkshire Post football writer Leon Wapshaw to take a look at how Leeds United's first season back in the top flight has gone, what they have to do to avoid second season syndrome, and we look at Leeds United's send off to Hernandez and Barardi. We look at the prospect of a quick return for Shuffled United the financial implications of being relegated to the championship, and the latest news on the managerial front. And finally, we have a review of Barnsley's season and their prospects for a top six finish next season. Don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport, as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at yp sport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as Podcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. As mentioned earlier on in the intro, uh, today I am joined by football writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Wapshull. Uh, Hello there. Yeah, and uh, first topic of discussion focuses on Leeds United. And from my point of view, I believe that the expectations for their first season back in the Premier League have been more than met. Basically, from what we've seen with results and where they've finished in the table. Um, do you think that's uh, a fair assessment, uh, Leon?
1: Well, absolutely. You've probably been reasonably con- conservative there, Mark. I mean, I suppose on the, on the first level, you you look at the teams who, who went up last last season. Obviously, you know, obviously, obviously, Leeds, um, Fulham and West Brom, and you know, Fulham and West Brom have gone you know, straight back down. I, I suppose there's going to be a wider talking point about how teams quite often do come up from the from the championship and go straight back down but you know in terms of Leeds have had no worries you know whatsoever in in that, that regard there have been an absolute breath of um, fresh air I mean obviously Pep Guardiola's got the manager of, of the year this week and and credit to him he's done an excellent job but I, I know for a lot of a lot of people in football a lot of uh, supporters of other clubs and not just Leeds United that um, their vote would have gone to um, Marcelo Bielsa for what he's what he's achieved there. Another, another fantastic season, mm-hmm. you know, the third strong season in a row. And um, looking at it from the outside, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. He should really be the, the, the manager of the year. I think the only rival I can really see is probably um, David Moyes. And I think you just have to look in look at the way. Leeds finished the season Mark I mean it was outstanding wasn't it won won the last four games scored 12 goals conceded two and I think over the the last was it I think the last 10 games Mm. they only lost one and I think that basically only Liverpool had a better record so in in that period of time Leeds got more points than than Manchester City and and just in every way the, the the style the way they've gone about the business the way that players have stepped up and in most statistics imaginable you know Leeds have, have excelled and I suppose if you're going to look at um, if you're going to look at teams who've probably made a similar impact you may maybe got to go back to Wolves haven't you a few years ago I think they got um, promoted and, and smashed the championship you know uh, uh, similarly sh- showed great style and, and quality and um, they finished 7th the next season and, and Leeds' achievement has been um, every bit as good, you know. They finished above some clubs who've, uh, some established clubs who've spent a hell of a lot of money, who had um, designs on Europe at the start of season. You look at Everton and Leeds have finished above them, and I just think in every way, it's been a real statement from Leeds on the return to the to the top flight after so many years.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's very fair. And talking about Leeds United at the moment, um, the final game of the season uh, was yep. also uh, a final game uh, for two, well, Leeds United greats, um, Pablo yep. Hernandez and Gertano you know, Berardi. Do you think that that is the way that they would have wanted to go out? Um, obviously in front of a home crowd, well, yeah, uh, and to also get the win, and I, I believe in such a such a commanding fashion as well.
1: Yeah, it was it it was nice. I mean it was nice for everyone, wasn't it? Um that you know a certain amount of supporters were were back because that's been you know it's been such a sad thing, hasn't it, that you know supporters haven't been able to to participate in that way and they've seen some Leeds have produced some some terrific performances. Mm-hmm. You know, this season at home, you look at the you know the the Newcastle game and the rally against Liverpool, Manchester City. Even in some of those where they where they you know the Tottenham winners. Well, even when they got sort of beating games like Leicester, they've, they've really really come to the party. And you know, for such a um, a huge passionate fan base, I've always thought as Leeds, one of those clubs, they were a twenty four seven club, mm-hmm. and you know so many supporters. Leeds United is their life, and it was just. So nice that some supporters were were, were back on on Sunday. Obviously, it, in an ideal world, would have would have had a full stadium. But you know, in terms of those two two players you, you mentioned, you know, probably legends in in different ways. I mean, you know, Hernandez's place in the, the recent history of, of Leeds United is is assured, isn't it? I mean, everyone will remember that goal against uh, Swansea at the end of last yeah. season. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's just one of those moments that probably st- stuck in time, really. I mean, going back a bit a bit further, people remember the goal from um, Gordon Strachan against Leicester in the final home game of the 89-90 season, you know, the goal in front of the South Stand and John Helm on Compton saying, have you ever seen a better goal? And, um, you, you know, Hernandez has had talismanic um, impact as well. Mm. I mean, even in the season before, when Leeds you obviously you know the cruel finish to Derby, you know some of the some of the games it was as if Hernandez was trying to drag Leeds over the line by almost on his own. Sometimes it was almost like a personal crusade, and you know it was a real um, showing of will, and you could just see what it what it meant to him, uh, you know, in in his efforts to get Leeds over the line, they had the, obviously, the huge disappointment, and then had the flip side the following season where where Leeds got over the line. He's obviously not been involved um, uh, anything like as much this season, and, you know, obviously, time's wind Chariot is passing by, and he's, you know, is at the end of his his career, but it was nice for him to have... um, that little bit of centre stage for the last time and, and that moment and when you speak of Berardi as he's, well he's a, he's a um, revered figure in a different sort of way isn't he yeah. um, you know he's got those qualities he's he's 100% he um, you know he's to- totally committed defender you've seen him with his with his head patched up in bandages and you know going into tackles you know 70-30 tackles he should never win and he, he epitomizes those sort of quality other sort of qualities that Leeds supporters value as well as along with the flair and skill he's a, a hundred uh, percent he'll he'll sort of uh, tackle a bus and he's made you know he's he's had a huge impact as well I mean remember he arrived at a time when a lot of a lot of the Italian players came came to Leeds mm-hmm. and he was the one who 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 sort of stayed there didn't he and he I think he seemed to embrace every aspect of of life um in Northern England in Yorkshire you know some foreign players do come um, to this country club and don't really embrace it but nobody can uh, accuse uh, Berardi of of not doing that you Mm. know he he took the whole Leeds experience you know on the pitch and off it he was obviously hugely proud to represent the white jersey and he'll be another one that will be remembered fondly as well
0: Yeah. yeah I think that's very fair um where well, the, these next two questions basically work to, together. Um, what yeah. is needed, uh, for Leeds to avoid second season syndrome? Yeah, and where do you think Leeds would have to actually strengthen their team going into next season?
1: Yeah, I mean a lot, a lot is is spoken about Mark about second season syndrome. I mean, you do you do look at Sheffield United, don't they? Their experiences—they finished ninth, hmm. you know, last season and everyone thought, well, they, they, they can sort of kick on and they've obviously had a horrendous year, haven't they? And there's, you know, because Leeds finished in the same position, some people might say, well, what's going to ha- happen to Leeds? But mm-hmm. I think if you sort of look at those two examples, I mean, I, Sheffield United, there were signs that they were sort of fading away a little bit towards the um, you know the end of last season. You know, there were a side who weren't helped by the, by the lockdown and not having supporters They've got a really passionate... Um, support base. I think they only won about three of the last ten games, something like that. But you, you compare that to Leeds, and in every way, that what they've actually done, um, it sort of negates that argument really about second season syndrome because they've actually got better as it's gone along, haven't they? When you think about it, I mean, I mentioned about they've lost one in ten. Only Liverpool had lost. Um, sorry, got more points. They scored twelve goals in the last last four games. You know, you look at it the, the beating the likes of Tottenham. They were the one at Manchester City. Mm-hmm. You know, in that first half of the season, you no, know, they did take one or two. You know, beatings, didn't they? they you know, Manchester United and, and Crystal Palace, things like that. And the Leeds are just along with the the way they play and the high energy. They've, they've sort of matured as a side as well and the defensive statistics are, are, are looking, looking better. And, you know, they just do have that look and air of a side who are, who are here to stay mm. and they can build on those those achievements. And, you know, it's like with... with I cited Wolves earlier as well. You know, the next step, I don't think anyone's going to get too carried away at least, but, you know, why should not... Why can't they be in the sort of mix for a Europa League League slot, if all goes, you know, well next season, and I don't, I don't think that's being uh, totally um, over ambitious to to say to say that. No, so no. so I do. You know, I, I think that Leeds will will be able to kick on mm.
0: because I think what what we have to remember is, I mean, basically, you go back to the very beginning of this season, um, the clash yeah. against Liverpool. I mean, it. First yep. game back in this Premier League, and they were able to show their worth. Uh, they yep. were able to show yep. that they were able to hold themselves up against uh, yep. the champions, and for them to actually continue that and not allow what was it? Um, any of the top six to come away with a win at Ellen Road this season? Yes, yep. massive achievement. And well, I mean, again, you have got to pay a fair amount of respect to um, to Leeds for doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've stayed true to their own principles,
1: haven't they? I mean, you see some some sides who, who come up and deviate away from that. But Leeds are just being consistent to to themselves, aren't they? And what they've produced under Bielsa. I and mean, he's always said that. Mm. You know, that's the, that's the way his teams have, have, have always played and they will continue to, to do so. It will be fascinating to see who they actually go for in, in the summer. I mean... I think if you look at the look look at the squad, you'd maybe look at bringing in a you know certainly some another left left back option, mm. um, just to, just to sort of boost the boost options there. Also in midfield as well, another number eight. I mean the name that's done the rounds for God knows how long is Rodrigo De Paul, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, you know that's the caliber of player that Leeds will be looking to to get in, and you know it's that sort of. That next level, established player at a big in a big European league, and if you were a, if you're one of those players, you know, seeing what Leeds have done from afar, working with one of the the best coaches in world football, a total legend in, in Bielsa, and the fact that the story, you know, it's on an upward trajectory, it'd be a club that, you, you know, you'd be a really attractive club to join I mean you look at the likes of Rafinha how how well he's done mm. and you know Victor Orta's done well in, in terms of recruitment yeah. he's come up with a, with a good team you know in, in recent years and if you look at Leeds, well they don't have to do too much they can go for quality can't they, they can go, try and get another you know left-sided um, defender full back in another midfielder maybe maybe cover up front for Patrick Bamford as well because it was quite lucky he, he played Pretty much all season, didn't have any any real injuries. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're picking from strength from Leeds. People will want, will want to ju- will want to join the club. They've also got some talented youngsters as well. You wonder if they likes of you know Joe Gerhard, how how he'll fare next season. There's people like Greenwood. But in terms of who they're going to bring, in, you th- you look at maybe three or four real quality players. And as I've said, Leeds are a, a club that a lot of ambitious players will be wanting to join. Mm
0: yeah i i believe so as well um uh next topic of discussion uh given the recent issues around the well the the failed uh ESL um yeah do you think that uh, Leeds fans should be uh, a little bit wary or even concerned about the long term intentions from the san francisco 49ers uh, involvement after the the news came out that they they want to make sure that Leeds are basically one of the top teams in Europe, that they know that they can achieve this. And, I mean, going back to, again, the beginning of the season <laughs> with their um, increased investment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously up to is it 37%. Um, percent. Now, they've sort of spoken well, haven't they? I mean, the thing that encouraged me, that they're speaking about hoping this isn't... Um, you know, a, a flash in, in in the pan, and just sort of consolidate dating over the next two or three years, and then hopefully, you know, uh, pushing for Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they've got a, they've got a bit to do. First of all, they've got a stadium as well. That's going to be an issue, isn't it? Yeah. You know, if they realise their ambition, they've got to do something about uh, uh, about the West End And there's obviously talks talk about artist impressions and and, and, bl- and blueprints. That's that will be a big thing that that needs that these sorts, and I'm sure Leeds won't in terms of building the club I think the people in corridors of power are realistic to know it's going to take a fair bit of time isn't it they're not going to be making you know huge um, huge statements and you know it's probably going to take you know two three years in an ideal world for Leeds to sort of looking at that sort of being that established top six content that everyone wants mm mm-hmm. I mean, what I what I say say about um, about leads is that you know they've got a, a fan base who so will just scrutinise everything and and um, they'll they'll make uh, judgments on what what sort of actions uh, you know are made and mm. I think we've just got to give them time time really. I mean leads. I mean I've made made some mistakes earlier in in the. In the sort of era which you know people do there's obviously stuff about the badge wasn't it that didn't go go down particularly well Mm -hmm. um i think it's just a case of waiting and seeing but most of the noises Mm -hmm. made have been a bit encouraging ones there's not been too much um you know we're going to do this we're going to do that they've made the right noises sensible noises and you know the talk of incremental improvement at leads which is which is sensible so just have to have to give them time. And um, one thing to show if, if there's something that Leeds supporters don't like, they'll be quick to uh, to let the hierarchy know.
0: Oh yeah, I mean they're, they're, they'll be very quick to let them know. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, next topic of discussion focuses on Sheffield United. Um, so, what what do you think their prospects are for an immediate return to the Premier League um, going into next season?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose you look at it statistically, you, you look at um, this season, the Championship, the three relegated clubs, you know, two of them have gone straight back up. You've got Norwich and Watford. Bournemouth, who probably, looking at Bournemouth, they've probably got the, the best squad of the lot and they've just, just fallen in the, the playoffs to, to Brentford. They'll probably be the most disappointed I'd say that they were probably the, the favourites to... to um, to, to go up so this there's, there's hope that way I mean I remember the year before I, I think Fulham went up didn't they? they'd gone down they went straight back up Fulham and uh, I think Cardiff got in the playoffs so recent evidence evidence has suggested that you know teams um the majority of teams who, who do come down can have a little bit of a go at it next year I mean there's obviously other examples such as Huddersfield but in the main, you know the, the sides have done done reasonably well. It, it'll be it'll be an interesting one at um, Sheffield United. We've spoken about it in previous co- podcast about it being a big summer, and they really need to um, you know get get the state, skates on. For me, I, I wrote a piece in the, in the paper today, and I think they do need someone with experience with now who's a good man manager. Mm. I don't think it's necessarily the time to be. Um, you know, throwing in a rookie there and and someone with without experience of, of specifically the, the the championship. I think if Leeds definitely, uh, so if Sheffield United can get somebody of that ilk, mm-hmm. I think um, I think they'll have a chance to potentially be in the mix. I mean, people will will leave. It's an inevitable consequence of relegation from the Premier League. You know, some of the big hitters will leave. You can't really imagine. Sander Berg in, in the Championship. Even people like George Baldock and, and John Egan, you'd expect them to get interest, but I think there's a hard core of senior players there who, you sort of look at them and, you know, they're not in the first flush of flush of youth. You know, they're sort of 29, 30, 31, 32. Players who've been around the club um, Jeff United for the good times under Chris Wilder from Quite a few from the from the time in in League One, some big figures, big players, who I think, in terms of, if you wanted to get them out of club out of the club, it would be um, pretty difficult given given their age. And they've still got a lot a lot to contribute. People like you know the Chris Bashams, Ollie Norwoods, um, you know the the, the the Billy Sharps, Ender Stevens, the the, the sort of senior players and. Mm. I think next season, you know, they're they're still going to be a, former, a fair core of of that side, and it'll be interesting to see what they, what they do around them. They've got some promising kids coming through, and there's also the Liam Brewster situation, isn't there? I mean, he hmm. so he's had a, an incredibly tough time of it since joining from Liverpool, but his record does show that he he can score at Championship level. He scored something like. A dozen goals in half a season on loan at, at Swansea, so that'll be interesting for the new man to see how he can get the best out of out of Brewster because that that could go some way towards whether you know Sheffield United are going to be um, in in the shake up next season. It's it's going to be fascinating.
0: Mm. And the next two discussion topics around Sheffield United actually do focus on. Um, how do you think they'll be spending the parachute payments that they'll be getting over the course of the next three seasons? And also, um, you, you touched on it earlier on with regards yeah. to the management. Um, has there been any news from Shuffles United about uh, possible managerial candidates recently?
1: Well, I mean, taking your your sort of um, question about managers first, Mark, it's still in a, a bit of a a state of flux. I mean, the, the big favourites is, is Jekanovic, isn't he? And he would, for me, he would t- tick the boxes. He got Fulham promoted. He got Watford um, promoted. He's, he's a, a, a good, experienced, solid manager. His, his players um, know what they want from him. And he's seen it and done it and got the T-shirt. I mean, interest, interestingly, I know that Norwood was... Quite a big player when when Fulham went up the the other year under him, mm-hmm. and you know it will be the the, the ilk that you would uh, the quality of candidate that I, that I would favour. I mean, there's been quite a few mentioned. There's obviously been Alexander Blessing, but it seems to be with the you know the Brexit regulations. You've got a I think you've got to sort of manage for two years in a major league in Europe to qualify for a work permit. So that one looks like it it may, may be knocked out. As Paul Egan has been mentioned, you know, before, but I think he seems quite happy to to go back into his old job with the under 23s and continue to be- develop the young players. Mm-hmm. And you know, and it, he, interestingly, he, he again has called several times for, for, you know, clarity and wanting a quick appointment now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just what everybody wants now. It, it, it would it would galvanise everyone. I mean, fair play to, you know, the the, the players there, but. The, Sheffield United for what they've done at the end of the season. I mean, it's been a, a pretty awful season, but they did at least show a bit of pride, didn't they? I think they got was it three wins in the last seven seven games, so at least the heart was beating there, and it yeah. pointed, as I probably said, to, to the fact that you know there, there are some proud senior players still there, but they really do need to to you know make the decision now. Ekanemitch would be the one for me. Mm-hmm. But we'll uh, we'll sort of have to have to wait and see. I mean, in, in terms of the the financial aspect, it's it's going to be interesting, isn't it? I mean, the obviously the ownership there were committed as part of the when they won the court case, they had to spend spend the money on the tr- on the stadium, the, the training ground, a hell of a lot on the you know the infrastructure after after winning the um, the court case. I mean, I, I think I read somewhere that was committed to spending something like thirty-eight, um, you know, million pounds, and you sort of look at uh, the figures as well on what Sheffield United have, have earned more in the Premier League. I think the TV rights has it gone up something from you know eight or nine million to something like just under hundred and twenty million in terms of you know what they will get from the TV money. Now that's going to be massively cut, um, cut. Now they return back to the back to the um, championship mm-hmm. they have got the parachute payments in the first year I think it's something like 45 million is it for the first year then it's a bit of a sliding scale it'll go to 35 million in the second year if they don't get promoted but it's it's a conundrum isn't it you know I think a lot of the players will have wage cuts as well but it's they're going to have to do, have to do the numbers they're, they're certainly going to need some money there to strengthen a few areas but I don't say the see there being massive amounts. No. Because they're gonna to have to, you know, cover the losses the to, to see who leaves and get some money for some of the, the, the big players there. And uh, you know, we still don't necessarily know what's gonna be happening in terms of spectators, you know, next season is there going to be a full a full sort of house of, of, of fans allowed back in. So there's a lot of a lot of variables mm. Will certainly need um, strengthening in, in, in one or two areas, and it's going to be a bit of a a bit of a juggling act. And I think it will need some shrewd decisions, and that's probably why for me another reason why getting an experienced head who who, who knows knows the players and the market is uh, is, is is the way I go. I don't think it's a it's the time for making you know wholesale sort of huge. Huge changes in how in the philosophy of the club. They've got a, they've got a sort of first of all consolidate and then hopefully it could be one of those seasons where they can push a little bit towards the end. Mm-hmm. But I would certainly be
0: going for someone with experience. But that's that's only my view. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. That makes sense. And uh, final discussion topic uh, focuses on Barnsley um, now. <laughs> They've had an excellent season overall, considering yep. the the way that the previous season went. Um, is is that a fair assessment from uh, from what you've seen?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Mark. I mean, I, I was there for for both of the finales. Obviously, the, the season before at Brentford. Well, I mean, that was just incredible. You know, the goal from Clark Adoring in stoppage time well it was actually the last two games where they won the in stoppage time and obviously they stayed up at the, the death of Brentford and with what happened with, with Wigan mm-hmm. you know kept them up and I, I think that in terms of the start of this season the the, uh, the idea was well let, let's let's consolidate maybe push a little bit towards lower mid table but uh, you know nobody in in the right mind would have ventured that Barnsley would be, you know, playoff candidates, let alone get in them. Mm. It's been a magnificent story. I mean it was obviously it was disappointing that they couldn't get to the get to the, get to the final. That would have been wonderful, but they can still in the cold light of day they can still look back on on just an outstanding campaign. I mean it's been one of the EFL stories of the season. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean I spoke earlier about Mar- Marcello Bielsa in my opinion being the Premier League manager of the season I think if you go in the, in the Championship with you know re, with respect to Daniel Farker who's done very well at, at Norwich I don't think you can look too far away from Ismail you look at what he's done since he came at the end of you know October you know Barnsley hadn't hadn't won, won a game hadn't they they were in the, in the bottom four and they just broke all sorts of records this season record runs of away wins at this level and mm. You know, on, on every sort of almost points points thing, they've just they've just smashed it out of the park, haven't they? And and it's it, you know tremendous and, and you know tremendous for the fact that it was you know une- unexpected. Mm-hmm. And I suppose the trick is now where they go, isn't it? That's you know, in in years gone by at Barnes you know, the end of the season there has been fears that you know certain players will, will, will leave and. Obviously, there's the future of the of the manager as well. I think at the minute they're just going to let the uh, let the dust settle. Mm-hmm. There's, there's going to be some 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 issues there. Alex Mowat's out of out of contract. Um, he's put he sort of put everything about his future on hold mm-hmm. until the end of the season. He wanted to concentrate on. On everything at Barnsley in the playoffs, but it's it's fair to say he's going to is the sort of player he's at his peak. He's 26. He's going to attract interest from rival championship clubs. Um, so there's there's a fear among supporters that that he'll go, and many many expect him to. And and the players as well. A lot of the players have been picking up interest. There's you know the likes of Callum Styles, there's Mads Sanderson, uh, Mikel Hellick, who's done brilliant since arriving from. Um, for Polish football in the autumn, he's got capped at senior level by Poland, and he's going to the to the Euro. So it's been it's been a brilliant season for Barnsley. But you, you sort of people are thinking, well, what's going to happen happen next next season? Because mm. players will be under the the, the better players will have will be under the radar of some of them. will be Premier League clubs, but they, and certainly. A fair few championship ones so you know let's hope there's th- there's sort of plans in in place for, for that e- eventuality i mean they've made some decent decisions in, in in recent years and let's hope they can you know do the same this this summer cause it's going to be another you know important summer mm. for different reasons i mean hopefully i'll i'll be speaking to the, the chief executive Dave murphy at some point in the next
0: week or two and we'll find out okay yeah and um Actually, that that sort of leads on to the next uh, discussion topic, which basically looks at the their prospects for a top six finish next season, if not better. I mean, obviously, yeah. Going into the summer, they're, they're going to have to make sure that they get the players nailed that they want to keep. Uh, see how yeah. that goes, including uh, even looking at the manager, because obviously, um, as you said, this has been one of the EFL success stories. Um, yeah. So what? What do you think they would have to do to make sure that they can be considered uh, either top six uh, contenders, if not uh, promotion uh, contenders, next season? Yeah, well, it was it was interesting in the aftermath of um,
1: of the game at Swansea on 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 Saturday. We spoke to Valerian, in his He's obviously took great heart and pride in in what his what his side did and. You know, we sort of asked him about the, about the future, and he, he probably right, rightly said, "Well, you know, now's the time to reflect and take a, take a bit of stop But and he'll and he'll do that. I mean, he's deserved; a, he's certainly deserved a holiday, hasn't he? After yeah. what he's achieved there, uh, but I think you know, after a, a, a week or two, it, attention will will look towards the future. I mean, he's going; he, he's you know, his stars on the in the ascendancy. He started to be linked with with jobs and certainly in the market for them you know you look at you know the, the betting for the West Brom job and he's been mentioned in dispatches for the Crystal Palace and whether he gets one of those up or, or not the fact that these you know he's been linked with these job jobs to show how, how highly regarded he is and you know I think with Barnes it's not just about the players attracting interest isn't it it's it's the managers as well and and that's it's got to be the situation with with this with mail in terms of what he's achieved and he will need you know he'll he'll, ha- he'll have his break and then he'll he'll be in discussion with Barnsley, what you know the hierarchy about well, what's the what's the next step I mean he, he won't be one of those knowing him as well he's very an- ambitious he, he you know he he won't see why he has to just be, be at somewhere that just just want to continually just sell the best young players on he'll he'll want to try and build something and after finishing in the playoffs you know the next step is it's certainly going for it again and potentially a little bit higher but we'll have to wait and see until that transpires because we'll see who who will will leave Barnsley like I've said I think there's a good chance that Alex Mowat uh, you know will go he'll be attracting a, a fair bit of interest from other championship clubs with historically better resources than Dan Barnsley and it's how much interest the senior players get. I mean, the likes of you know Callum Styles and Andersons had a brilliant season at, at the back, Helic as well. So, so there's all that factor in. And what what plans have Barnsley got to, to sort of bring in and reinforce reinforce the squad as well? Yeah. I mean, the one thing you can say from how how much they've achieved this season is that I don't think they'll deviate too much from their. Philosophy of bringing in young and hungry players, but maybe they'll be able to get a better, a little bit better calibre of young, hungry players. Mm. You know, people will have seen what young players will, and agents will have seen what Barnsley have achieved. If you sign for Barnsley, you know it's a it's a progressive club at the minute, and you'll get you'll get an opportunity. So there's there's plenty to there's plenty to talk about. See at the minute, there are, you know everyone's having a bit of a well-deserved break. Uh, and uh, you know he, he's an ambitious guy. is his male, he'll want to see some you know ambition from from the Bar- Barnsley hierarchy, and he and he deserves that. Yeah. But you know his situation as well, his contract. You know the fact that Barnsley recruited him, you know, will have had a lot to do with. He'll, he'll have some sort of release clause there that will enable other clubs to potentially you know you know talk to him if if they in, invoke a clause. And you, you come up with come up with a payment. So it's all it's all part of it. Mm-hmm. We'll just have to wait and see. But it, you know, it would would be a shame on a, on a lot of lot of levels if it did. If, you know, if several members of the side did leave, mm-hmm. and his mail as well, because they've you know they looked like they've built something, you know, outstanding this season, and it's been a brilliant story. But you know, time will tell on that on that score.
0: Yeah. Yorkshire Many thanks to Leon wobshaw who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene, but don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport, or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. Now, the Premier League season may be over, but that certainly doesn't mean the end of the Football Talk podcast. With the European Championships just around the corner and transfer windows about to reopen, there's going to be lots to talk about. As ever, many thanks for listening. Look after yourselves and bye for now.